your Bibles tonight, James chapter number 5. James chapter number 5, and this is the next to last message I'll preach from the book of James. And uh, I'm actually going to skip uh, Sunday's text, verses 13 through 18, and pick up the last two verses for tonight's message of James chapter number 5. If we're going to keep this in its context, it's important we do, we're going to pay close attention to the fact that James has written this passage of Scripture to the church. He's written it to the brethren over and over and over again. Uh, he says brethren. He addresses brethren. It's to save people. And uh, we're going to look at this and see some things I think will help us. Things that definitely need to be a part of a living, thriving church like ours. We'll look at these last two verses. The Bible says in verse number 19 of James chapter 5, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sins. I love these two verses of Scripture. There's some things that are be helpful to us tonight, no doubt. And the night's message is titled this, The Backslider, the Believer, and the Blessing. And we'll see all three of these things in this text. And I want to remind you of some things here and look at some things I think will be uh, a big help to us. Now, uh, lots of folks like to take this verse, these two verses of Scripture, and preach a soul-winning message on them. Now, I'm all for soul-winning, and I'm all for soul-winning messages. Uh, you can be around some folks that see a soul-winning message in every verse of the Bible, and uh, I'm all for the soul-winning message, but I'm uh, most for preaching the Word of God. And so when we get here and we come to this passage of Scripture, uh, consistently all through the text, the book, the emphasis is on brethren. It's on saved people. And when we come here, we've got to put it and keep it in its context and make the appropriate uh, application. And I love this text, and it's important that we pay close attention because we're going to see the backslider, the believer, and the blessing. The Bible says, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him. Now, let's start here, number one, the backslider. The backslider. Now, the first thing the Scripture says is, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth. Now, it's saying, save people, brethren. Brothers and sisters in Christ, if you err from the truth. You know that backsliding is the Old Testament word, and the Old Testament word for the New Testament word, err. The word err, E-R-R, it just is simply a wandering away. How many of you remember that song, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, I'll take and feel it, feel it. Prone to wonder. Now, look, all of us have the tendency and the proneness to wonder, to err from the truth. How many of you would be honest enough to admit that you've ever backslidden? I'm not, maybe not talking about something horrible, but just backed off from your fervency in the Lord, backed off from your, as the verse previous says, your effectual fervent prayer, backed off from your uh, holiness, backed off from your faithfulness to the Lord. How many of you have ever backslidden at some point in time in your Christian life? Absolutely. 
Now, if we're honest, and the Bible wants, and God wants us to keep short accounts of sin and wants to keep our fellowship with God fresh and new, if we're honest, all of our lives are, are often waves, like waves, and we have these high moments and low moments, and we need to keep our life in tune with the Lord, and the best way to live the Christian life is to live it consistently, daily, maybe even hourly. If you're one of these Christians that live your Christian life weekly, uh, you're going to have a weak Christian life. We should live our Christian lives at best, or at least daily, hourly, momently. And the Bible actually says that we're to pray without ceasing. We're to live consciously in the presence of the Lord. And if we have long stints between these moments where we have honest reflection and we're asking God to see because we have these long periods between the times we ask God to help us we're going to find ourselves erring from the truth backslidden I often like to ask teenagers when I preach to teens are you as close today to the Lord as you've ever been are you as interested in knowing and doing God's will today as you've ever been if the answer is no then you're backslidden the answer is no, you have erred from the truth. Folks, we need to pay close attention in our Christian lives that we avoid at all costs backsliding. Backsliding. How many of you ever noticed that it's not hard to backslide? <laughs> it's not hard to get distracted. It's not hard to let things in life take priority over the things that are most important Mainly our relationship to the Lord Jesus, the backslider. A professional violinist was asked one time, how much do you practice? She says, I practice many hours a week. But you're a professional violinist. Why do you do that? Because I have to practice. I have to practice and work at my craft, my art, because if I don't, I lose the excellence The violinist was asked, what happens if you miss a week of practice? She says, well, if I miss a one, one week of practice, I notice. She says, but if I miss two weeks of practice, my conductor will notice. She says, if I miss three weeks of practice, my peers will notice. And if I miss four weeks of practice, everyone will notice. And you know the best time to pick up on your backsliding is when nobody else notices but you. When no one else notices but you. When it's just begun to happen, the best time to stop the backsliding and ask the Lord to forgive you and ask the Lord to help you again and recommit and rededicate. Backslider is now. May the Lord help us. Keep our hearts in tune with the Lord. The text says it like this. Brethren, if you, any of you do err from the truth. Do err from the truth. Will you ask yourself this question? Have I, Lord, have I erred from the truth? If the answer is yes or maybe, may the Lord help you. Air from the truth. I can't help it. I, I've been thinking about it as I've been studying this verse. I keep thinking about 
the global pandemic. As my Uncle Cecil said it, I say this affectionately, the global panoramic. (laughs) You know, COVID showed a lot about us all. It really showed up in Christians' response to church. It really showed up in churches that it proved churches that were essential and churches that weren't essential and folks who were committed to the Lord and folks who weren't. And I'm thankful on a Wednesday night we've got such a great crowd because there's lots of churches that can't even have a meeting on Wednesday night because post-COVID nobody's come back to church. If you're watching online tonight and You've neglected the meeting of the local church since COVID. You've gotten out of the habit of meeting with God's people. You're in a backslidden state. There's no doubt there's reasons that folks can only tune in online. And I'm thankful for the technology. I'm thankful for the messages going out and the opportunity that we have to preach all over the world every day. And it's available. All I think that's awesome. I love it. Let me tell you, if you're online and you could be in God's house with God's people and you've failed to become faithful in your church attendance since COVID, look, I can't help but believe it's a backslidden state. God help us. It's not the only place we've backslidden. And the only time we backslide, it's not the first time in history we've backslidden. About everybody in the room acknowledges there's been times in my Christian life where I've backslidden. Now, the bottom line is when you have backslidden, you need to have enough courage and faith and love and respect for your Savior to repent of your sin and turn back to Him and walk with Him again. See, the Bible says here, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth. If you've wandered, return. If you've wandered, come back to the fold. If you've wandered, get back to Jesus. Stop your wandering. Be faithful. Some people have this idea, man, I've been gone so long, there's no way that I could come back. That's a lie the devil told you. And by the way, if you're a Wednesday night attender, and all of you are, thank God for you, and you give somebody a hard time because they come back to church on Sunday and they've not been here for a long time, I find out about it, I'm going to be mad as a hornet. I might even sting you. I don't know. Brethren, look, if you've erred, if you know that you've wandered, you know the best time or the best way to come back from wandering is when God, the Holy Spirit, convicts you and you repent personally and you ask the Lord to forgive you and you get back in tune with the Lord. Hallelujah. But there are seasons in our lives and other people's lives where it takes sometimes more than just the prompting of the Spirit. God has chosen to use His church to help bring the erring Christian back into fellowship with the Lord. You see, 
We move from the backslider to, number two, the believer. You see, the believer plays a role in this scenario in helping the backslider get back in tune with God. Here's what the Bible says. Look at it in verse 19. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him. Basically, and somebody, one person, somebody converts him. Somebody causes him to change. The word convert is not always connected to salvation. Some people talk about a conversion, and I don't mind the word conversion. When they talk about being saved, I had a conversion. Most of the time, people use the word conversion. They're coming from one religion to another. And there's been folks who've been converted from this religion to, uh, to Christianity and faith in Christ, or that religion and faith in Christ, and we call that a conversion. Uh, some people have been uh, converted from paganism to Christianity, and that's good. Conversion. It's a changing over. You see, we can convert miles to kilometers. We can convert inches to feet. We can, con- you understand what I mean. You can re- convert yards to meters, and we make that conversion. It's a change. There's a change. And so the Bible says, if one convert him, what's that, what's that leave open? That leaves open the possibility that the church, Christian people, have a responsibility to help people who are backslidden get back in fellowship with the Lord. It continues, verse number 19, And one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death. Let him know. There's an emphasis on the believer. The believer is the one. The believer is the one that we're going to let know what's happening when we convert a backslider. How in the world can I convert a backslider? Do you know that God's put it in all of our lives, the privilege, opportunity, responsibility to encourage people to do the right thing? To encourage people to do the right thing. I look through this room and a number of folks in this room have encouraged me through the years to do the right thing. There have been many times that my mom has encouraged me to do the right thing. When I was a little boy, occasionally, she would even apply the Board of Education to the seat of knowledge to encourage me to do the right thing. As far as I can tell, the only person in this room has whipped me is my mama. (laughs) Why'd she do that? She was converting a sinner from the air of his way. Thank you, Mom. I remember as a teenager, I tried to be good as a teenager, I did good some of the time. But I remember as a teenager, started attending the youth group when Brother Fred became the youth pastor here. And, uh, I wanted to do the right thing. He took interest in my life. And I remember on a n- number of occasions, we'd finish a youth group meeting and Fred would say, Cody, I'd like to talk to you after youth group for a minute. I was like, oh, no, what did I do this time? <laughs> uh, and I remember specifically the meetings we had and even... Uh, some of the content of our of our meetings. And I remember a couple of times him telling me I shouldn't do what I was doing and leaving there mad. <laughs> but in time coming around, you know what he's doing? He was converting a sinner from the air of his way. Now, I'd been sa- I saved when I was eight years old, but I was a teenager that needed somebody that loved him to instruct him and point him in the right direction. That's good. Now, This doesn't mean that you have a God-given duty to be a fault-finding, critical, not-so-nice person. 
But it does mean that in our lives as God gives opportunity and there's reason, we should be willing, we should be willing as believers to rebuke, correct, and instruct folks, brothers and sisters in Christ who moved away from the will of God. It's not a mean spirit. It's not a critical spirit. It's not a spirit that looks down your self-righteous nose. But we should be willing to direct people and help them. I've, given, I've found a few verses in uh, the Bible that, that proves and helps us understand this. If you were to look, you don't need to turn it. You may just make, make a mark because I'm going to read through these quickly. But if we were to go into Matthew chapter number 18. Matthew 18 verses 15, 16, and 17 is a lot of times it's referred to as the passive scripture on church discipline. Uh, and really, but ultimately, it is, the, it is the passage that gives us and tells us how we're to deal with brothers and sisters who are astray or doing the wrong thing. The Bible says in Matthew 18, 15, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, what are we to do? Go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. You know what we like to do? If this were written... In our own handwriting today, in our own philosophy, and it would say this, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell anybody that will listen to you what that low-down, good-for-nothing, useless piece of trash did to you. Or it would say, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and write about it on Facebook. Make a Snapchat about it. Make an Instagram post. However you like to gossip and do things out of God's will, God, out of God's way, and malign people. No, listen. The Bible says if your brother trespasses against you, go and tell him. Who do you tell? You tell him. Tell him his fault between thee and him alone. Let me tell you something. If God's people get to the place... Or when they are aggravated at somebody or something has bothered them or something has gone wrong or a brother or sister is out of line, if they would just go straight to them and say, hey, listen, and do this prayerfully with the right spirit, go straight to that person and say, I've been concerned about this. Here's, what, here's my concern, and I'm praying. I won't have the right spirit about it, but here's what's going on. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what's bothering me. And if you need help, I want to help you. And however it may come together. But you talk to somebody about the thing that bothers you between you and the person. Huh. Well, change everything. Change everything. I hate when this happens. Someone finally has enough courage to tell you about something that's wrong. And then they also like to interject. And there's other people talking about it too. And I'm like, thanks a lot. You know, I've, I'm a, it just freaks people out, and I think it's so funny. But somebody tells me something like that, and I'm like, well, who are they? Uh, 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 uh. I said, well, you, I can't help you if you don't tell me. Who, who's the other people? Just name me a few. Let's, I, I, I want to talk to them, too. Just, who are they? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> and all sincerity, how are we to deal with these problems? We're to deal with them. With the people, that person. The Bible says it's good. 
In this text, verse 15, it says, If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. How, what do we do? God says, look, believers are supposed to be working and helping and encouraging people not to stay in a backslidden state. Here's another one, Luke chapter number 17, verses 3 and 4. The Bible says, take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day, turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Take heed to yourselves. I like that. And if a brother trespass against what do you do? Go behind his back and malign him. No, you're to rebuke him. Hey, listen, man. What'd you do that for? Oh, it's so sweet when we do things God's way. You see, brothers are believers are supposed to help the backslider. Here's another one. Psalm 141.5. Let the righteous smite me. It shall be a kindness, and let him reprove me. It shall be an excellent oil, which shall not break my head. For yet my prayer also shall be in their calamities. David in Psalm 141, he says, he says I want righteous people to smite me. Now, now it doesn't... We don't initially think, boy, I really want people to smite me. If I, I would just love if people smite me. How many of you think it would just be great if somebody just let you have it? I just love it when people let me have it. You just love that, right? Well, David, though, is not wrong. And if we're honest with ourselves, and if we aren't living in pride or we're wrong, you know what? It should become our prayer that if I'm out of line, and don't know it, if I'm not doing something right, and don't know it, if I'm hurting somebody's feelings and nobody says anything about it, you know what I want? I want the righteous to smite me. Look, if I'm, if I'm going off the tracks, I want somebody that loves me enough to have enough courage to not talk about me behind my back, but to come to him and say, hey, listen, what are you doing? I like that. I want that. I want to be that person to others. And I also want others to be that person to me. Oh, I love it. I love it when somebody, this is going to sound terrible, I love it when somebody has a problem or a concern and they come and talk to me about it. That's awesome. I love it. Because 95% of the time, when they come and talk to you about it, there's generally some misunderstanding. And when the person that perceives the problem, the person that possibly has the problem, get together and there's not other people involved, guess what happens before you know it? You've, you come to a resolution and things are okay. Oh, it's great. What do we do? Hey, we're to be praying that God will raise up people, faithful people that will smite us if we need it. It's great. Proverbs 27, 6, the Bible says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. I don't know about you, 
But I want to be that kind of friend. And I like those types of friends. The kind of friends who just tell you the way it is. They don't tell you what, the, what you want to hear. They tell you the way it is. And the Bible says a good friend, if necessary, will wound you. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for people like Fred in my life who had the courage to say, Hey, listen, you're not doing right. Straighten up. Thank you. I'm thankful for my mom who, when I need it, get me back in line. I'm thankful for Poppy and Many times he'd say, I don't know if you're doing right. I don't know if that's the right way to think about it. I thank God for that. I thank God for the deacons and Bowling Springs Baptist Church that, that, uh, that helped me and would encourage me and, and point me in the right direction. I'm talking about in my own life, but I wonder in your life, are, are you praising God for people that will help keep you in line, keep people who will challenge you, people who will just tell you the way it is? If you're not thankful for them, you've got a pride problem. And you need to receive the instruction and you also need to be the kind of person that walks with the Lord and can offer the exact same thing. You see, the believer is called on by God to help instruct faithfully the wounds of the friend. The believer is called on to do the right thing. The backslider, are you backsliding? If you are, turn to the Lord. Are you a believer? Listen, believers... Make sure that you're helping people. Make sure that you're willing to correct and willing to speak the truth and even wound if necessary. Finally, the blessing. So the Bible says when we do things God's way, we end up with good fruit. So the blessing is this. The Bible says in verse 20, Let him know... That he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Here's the blessing. You know what happens? When Christian people are faithful to lovingly correct and lovingly instruct and lovingly rebuke, when Christian people are willing to have these conversations between the people, the parties that are involved and not gossip. When Christian people are willing to do things God's way, the Bible says, listen, when you have saved a sinner, the, 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 saved, the saved person that is sinning is the sinner. If you have saved, a, if you've converted a sinner from the air of his way, you've saved a soul from that. Let me tell you, there are Christian saved people who get caught up in sin and they ruin their lives, waste their lives, and even sometimes their lives are taken. This is not the time, or do we have the time to go into the sin unto death that we find in the New Testament? There'll come a time where we'll t deal with it. But if you keep, if you can help somebody to straighten up, if you can help the backslider from erring any further and get their hearts and lives in tune, you may just have saved that person from death. And then it says this, and shall hide a multitude of sins. And shall hide a multitude of sins. Now, look in your, just a couple pages over in your Bible to 1 Peter chapter number 4. 1 Peter chapter number 4 and verse number 8. 1 Peter 4 verse number 8 will help us understand what that phrase means. 
In 1 Peter 4, verse 8, the Bible says, Above all things, have fervent charity, love. Have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity, love, shall cover the multitude of sins. Back to our text. The Bible says, Let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the air of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. What's that mean? Does that mean we're sweeping sins under the rug? Absolutely not. All sin needs to be repented of and forgiven and washed in the blood. But a faithful Christian that loves others is able to address a brother or a sister's sin and continue to love them and serve God with them anyway. You see, the greatest thing about the love of Christ, I should Greatest, there's so many great things. Maybe that's overstated, but an amazing thing about the love of Christ is that Jesus Christ knows me every little hairy detail. Good, bad, and ugly, ugly, ugly. But you know what? He loves me unconditionally anyway. Hallelujah. One of the sweet things about my wife and our marriage is, look, nobody knows me as well as she does. All my flaws and imperfections, and she loves me anyway. Hallelujah. And I her. It's great. It's great. It's a sweet thing to be, get close to people. How many of you ever noticed that when you get close to people, you find out they're actually really, they're humans too? You know what I love? I love when somebody gets close to me and they begin to know me and my flaws too. And they love me anyway. Hmm, that's sweet. Now, I want you to understand something. In the body of Christ, there are no perfect members. Sorry if that disappointed you about yourself or me. Look, I'll disappoint you. And you have the capacity to disappoint me too. You know what's so awesome? When believers love each other and say, hey, listen, man, you, you probably shouldn't be doing that. And you receive my instruction. And maybe down the road you come to me and say, hey, preacher, I don't know if you should do that. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I hadn't thought about that. Thank you. And you know I'm imperfect, and I know you're imperfect, yet we love each other anyway, and we serve God anyway. And a bunch of imperfect sinners come together and serve God faithfully. The Bible says, look, when you do things God's way, when you are willing to acknowledge that you're a backslider and ask God to forgive you. Or when you're willing, when you see it in the life of a brother or sister, you say, hey, listen, I don't think you're doing like you ought to do. And we receive these things and we respond and we keep our hearts and lives in tune and we function as the body of Christ. The Bible says it's awesome because it shall hide a multitude of sins. I know that about you, but I can serve God with you anyway. I know that about you, but I love you anyway. I know that about you, but I know that God can use you anyway. It's a sweet thing that God does. You see, the Bible says in Proverbs 10, 12, Hatred stirreth up strifes, 
but love covereth all sins. May God help us. You see, the blessing of doing things God's way is it saves the backslider from potential death, but it also builds a relationship and a love and covers a multitude of sins. You see, the message is just this, the backslider, the believer, and the blessing. I just wonder if you'd just be willing to do your part in the body of Christ. You see, if we all keep short accounts of sin, there's not a lot to, to do. But in those moments where you have the opportunity or the need and God impresses you on your heart, hey, listen, I'm not, you, I'm not seeing you at church lately. Now, why have you been skipping out of Sunday school? Why have you, any, whatever it might be. God will use you. Do it in the right spirit. And God will bless us for it. It's a good thing. Let's pray.